0: You are listening to a Called Collective podcast where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at thecalledcollective. Good days.
1: Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. If you remember, the last couple of uh, podcasts we've had has been on um, communication. So this is part three of communication. And once again, if you haven't joined us in a while, this is, uh, we're just a couple old guys. We've had about 70 years of ministry (laughs) experience between the two of us. And we just love chatting and uh, hearing your feedback and hopefully this is helpful in terms of some good old ministry principles that every day you can use, and every week they will make a difference, so bro. You, try, you have to
0: stop using the word "old."
1: <laughs> we we're bro, we're old, seasoned. Oh, we are seasoned, seasoned veterans. Should that be our new in, intro? Seasoned veterans of ministry.
0: Yeah, that close enough.
1: Okay. Well, Charlie, we are on communication part three. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think last last week we tackled principles number one, two, and three of that. So we're going to try to get through four through 10 today. We can do it. Okay. What do you have for us then?
0: So if you go back to number one, we're talking about connecting, communicating with the youth that, that are part of your ministry. Right. All right. Whatever your ministry is, church, parachurch parents that are part of that ministry.
1: Okay. Good. Because there's
0: going to be some crossover here in a minute.
1: This is a review, folks.
0: Volunteers that are part of the ministry. And now we're going to dig in a little bit deeper to the senior pastor. Oh. Senior leader.
1: Yes. The executive pastor, the lead pastor. Whoever it is. Whoever that is, especially the person who's your boss. Yes. Because once again, you have to communicate, 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 and over communicate, you have to. To make sure they know what's going on, right? And, and what are the benefits of communicating to your lead pastor? And if we don't do it well, what 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 might it cost us?
0: Well, first off, it it's credibility, mm. and when we talk about credibility with your senior leadership, people that that you answer to, like you're talking about, doc, it, it is it says a lot about you as a leader or your lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. And your inability to communicate up. Now in class, some of you will remember this if you're in my class years ago, where we would read Maxwell's 360 leader. Right, right. Leading down, communicating down. That seems kind of easy for most people. Mm -hmm. Leading with across to your peers. Yes, that that's that's natural. Much tougher though. Mm -hmm. But leading up is a skill. It's an art.
1: It is, and I think it's sometimes young pastors. Or one, they don't know how to do it. And two, they're a little intimidated mm. of, wow, how do I talk to inform and, you know, communicate well with my boss? What does that look like?
0: Because it's such a big one. We're going to spend a little bit extra time on this one. Okay, good. But don't number one, ever surprise your senior leader. when people talk about this, it's better to ask forgiveness than his permission. That's not true for most people. no, that just gets you in trouble.
1: We yes. joke around with that and it's thrown out there all the time, right? But that motto gets you in trouble
0: Part of the leadership of leading up is communicating to them so they know what's coming. Mm-hmm. You just can't assume that the pastor, the leader, the person that that you know you're accountable to just systematically, automatically you know inherently understands everything you're doing, because they probably have a lot of other
1: things. They on got their a plate. lot on their plate, right? That they're doing too, and so we got to make sure they understand what's going on in our ministry domain. I had one boss tell me, and I think it's really wise. He just said, "Listen, when you communicate with me, there's a couple principles that I that I enjoy and I want to have happen, and ones you you already mentioned, um, and and that is uh, make sure you overly communicate with me. Secondly, bad news first. Okay, but tell me, I want to hear the bad news from you, not from somebody else, not from a parent, not from another pastor, not from a parishioner, not from a congregant, not from someone in the community. I want to hear the bad news from you, and I want to be prepared so when we do get those phone calls, I am able to respond Appropriately to those phone calls. And then the third thing, which is super important and it's exactly what you mentioned, is this idea of no surprises. I don't want to be caught off guard. And that could be, a, you know, a Sunday morning, people come and seek out that lead pastor and they'll say, hey, by the way, did you know? And he wants to be, he or she wants to be in the know of what's going on in your ministry domain and don't want to be surprised.
0: Be the first. Person to deliver that news.
1: That's right. You got to be the first person to deliver that news. the good, good news, mm-hmm. but also bad news. Right. Deliver good, that bad and ugly. Yep. Good, but good, bad, and ugly. I agree. That's,
0: there's that's a There's good. a principle that goes along with this uh, that I learned from Wayne Schmidt. Okay. Um, pastor, then president of Wesley Seminary, now
1: general superintendent. So, a
0: shout out to you, Wayne. Here we go. So he'd come into class and he would teach this principle called Mumi. M U M E, mutually understood ministry expectations. Mm. And that is a big part of it. So you have to have some clearly defined ministry expectations Mm -hmm. that are mutually Mm -hmm. understood between you and that leader. So as you communicate, as you connect with that person, now you're on a level playing ground. How many times do we, times that we've heard people talk about, a lack of relationship with that leader. There's mm. confusion, which leads to anxiety and anger. Mm-hmm. And that's just the beginning of the, the slide downhill right. that ends up in, in a broken relationship and a termination from a position or yeah. a job.
1: And there's a lot of hurt that's that comes with that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the mistakes I made with this and specifically not communicating well with my boss was I was so busy at the time just doing my responsibility and diving into that and, and doing a really, really good job with my responsibility, but I failed to take the time to build a really positive, close relationship with my boss, and that was a mistake. What happened then in that situation is my boss didn't get to know my heart. And he didn't, didn't get to know me and who I was. They didn't like, they didn't, instead of taking for granted, when when you hear something poorly or bad or something that maybe doesn't sound good, we want our boss to give us the benefit of the doubt. But because we didn't form a really close relationship, he couldn't give me the benefit of the doubt because he didn't know me. He didn't know my heart. So what do sometimes we do then? He jumped to the bad or the wrong conclusion and did that often to where I got myself in a lot of trouble, and I was just a rookie and didn't know any better. So we've got to really foster that relationship that takes communication. Take your boss out for lunch and pay for it. Take him, take that person uh, out for coffee and pay for it and build and foster that relationship and build that relationship outside the office setting.
0: So as we dig in a little bit deeper here, number five and six, are in the same, okay, vein. same vein, and so okay, we're good. not going to spend a lot of time here, but the same principles okay. that we just talked about Applies. apply to other staff members in the church and the leadership of the church. We might mm. call that the local board. Mm-hmm. It the might deacons, be the, the deacons, elders, the elders, yeah. whatever it is for your local church, the same principles apply. In fact, if we go back to number five, other staff members, I remember Eddie. Uh, a staff meeting where there was uh, limited resources and we're all trying to move forward. And, and it was during a growth season at this church and it was positive, encouraging, but at the same time, there's competition that was built in and people thought, well, Mm -hmm. there should be no competition in church. Well, everybody's hearing this lives in the real world and knows that we're all human but the mistake there for me young in ministry is we had a a big win and i just assumed that everybody would celebrate the win we had mm-hmm. When this Be other. excited for you mm-hmm.
1: and want to pour more money into that. Oh, here, I have my allotment yeah, uh, of the oh, budget.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't need that. Just yeah. you know, pass that over.
1: Because what you're doing is the most important thing anyway, right? What I'm doing is the most important thing.
0: And that's how every staff member feels is what they're doing and what they're called to. Well, is what they've been given tasks to yeah. do and what they love and are
1: passionate. passionate about.
0: And so understand how to communicate to them as well and celebrate their wins and their successes not just as expecting or assuming That's good. that they will
1: celebrate yours yeah i agree um my son Trey, is on staff and this is a, a new church for him and he's only been there since probably like the middle of august or so or beginning of august and uh, i was talking to him the other day and he was just sharing how he is strategically taking different staff members out for lunch what i mentioned just before strategically taking different staff members it's the same, it's his peers it's on the same level in the org chart but he is taking them out for lunch or coffee to just simply build that relationship and that relational equity will go a long ways as they as you guys you know as they learn to help each other as ministries cross mm. as
0: that's good Now, there's a little bit of a downer that we're going to share with you right now. And that is this, no matter how how hard you try, no matter uh, what you do, sometimes there are people that just don't really vibe with you. Yeah, that's
1: true. That that happens everywhere you go. They can be loving and kind, but they just,
0: they're not big fans Mm -hmm. and you'll never develop that really tight relationship. It's just sometimes there's not chemistry.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And you may want to win them over. Mm. You do all kinds of stuff to try to build that relationship, but there just isn't that chemistry. So what would you tell a young pastor when that situation happens? Do it's, we stop trying?
0: No, it's still on your plate. Yeah. It's it's your responsibility to care about other people yes. correctly. And if it's not
1: reciprocated. Do we stop helping out?
0: It's too bad. No. Yeah. You keep doing what is right. Yeah. That's regardless good. Good if advice. it's reciprocated. Not easy to live, easy to talk about on a podcast.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. the only thing, we, we can't control their response. We can't control mm-hmm. what they're doing. We can, can't control their actions, but we can control how we respond to them. Mm-hmm. We can control how we volunteer and help out in their ministry context. We can't control doing the right thing by being pleasant and helpful and engaging into their ministry context.
0: That's good. So as we go through the last one on this part, and we're doing seven here, that's the wider church congregation. Okay. Again, the principles that we're talking about
1: all apply
0: to the church. Yes. Because we're going to make a switch for eight, nine, and 10.
1: Okay. So seven is outside the board, outside the elders, outside the deacons. We're talking about the parishioners, the congregants, the people who are attending the church in general. And people that don't have
0: students that are part of your ministry, yeah, and so uh, they still need to understand because the sad part of the world that we live and we—it's always been this case. This isn't new; it's always been this way. Is that people will have an experience that they will hold on to, and so you might have a person on in the congregation that had a bad experience when their child was in student ministries or they themselves were there. In nineteen forty-five mm-hmm. or fifty mm-hmm. or sixty, right, and now that is their experience, and they
1: superimpose
0: a negative experience on well, what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, I yeah,
0: and so you still have to communicate, find ways to celebrate with a large congregation. For example, one way we do this is we celebrated with a a a youth like Sunday. We didn't call it that, uh-huh. but that's more of a traditional terminology mm-hmm. where we came back from camp and we found ways because this wasn't traditional at this right. church I'm, I'm talking about now. And we went to the senior leadership and said, could we be a part of this service? And it's like Sunday mornings pretty busy. We'll give you a couple, you <laughs> we know, don't
1: completely trust you to speak on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. to let those teenagers give testimonies on Sunday mornings or to lead worship. Uh, maybe we can find you another time.
0: Well, this Sunday morning, those testimonies, when uh, uh, the student finished, by the time they, they finished their, their three minutes, mm-hmm. there's about three people at the altar. Yeah. By the time the other student came up, there was about 20 people at the altar. Wow. Service was supposed to be done around 11.45. At 12.30, the pastor finally got up. Incredible. And after that experience... And by the way, these are the days when we had something called Sunday night service.
1: What? What's that?
0: It's a, that's a, that's ancient.
1: That's ancient, back in the day. Ancient history, back in the day. We're talking about the 90s.
0: <laughs> Sunday night service. And we just continued. That's a throwback. That night. But that Sunday morning from that point on, it developed over time mm-hmm. where we had a chance to really celebrate. We started making, there's something else that most of you don't know what is these things are, but they're called like, like DVD players and DVDs. Wow. We started making our own I remember those. DVD highlights of camp.
1: That's awesome.
0: And, and you could come in on a Sunday morning, you know, be a part of a Sunday morning service at that, that week in the next couple of weeks after that, and just pick up a Get highlight a, a, video, a
1: free, a free highlight video, mm-hmm. DVD of camp. Amazing.
0: Yes. In the nineties. That's,
1: that's incredible.
0: And all of a sudden we started to connect with a lot of people. Yeah.
1: That, that didn't know much about the youth ministry, but all of a sudden they're exposed to it and they're gaining a passion for mm-hmm. it and might even give towards the youth ministry, yeah. give time, right? give their resources, give their money, open up their home. Because all of a sudden they're seeing God moving and working in it. And this is for any area of ministry. When the general church sees God moving in a, one particular or a group of people, they want to be a part of that. They want to go join God where God is working and moving, which is amazing.
0: Well, that that happened at this church where this, this elderly person came up and uh, uh, after that service and wanted to talk. And I thought, well, I'm in trouble. You know the music was too loud. All the negative things that we (laughs) constantly. up, too loud. And she was like, "I don't like those kids. They're they're noisy." And but Jesus loves them, and I love them too. And started crying. And and it's like, and I I don't want, I don't want to be around them. But you know, and she handed me some money. Goes, help one of those kids out. Help one of those kids out. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes in student ministries and youth ministry, part of our job is to encourage mm-hmm. the older generation. They they don't always think the worst about the youth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they they want to be encouraged. They want to they want to believe. They want to
1: believe in this younger generation. God's not
0: done with them. Yeah, enough. absolutely. It's not all going down the drain. Here
1: <laughs> I thought of a different. So did phrase. I. But the, hey, the Holy Spirit it's, it's is a podcast. Yes,
0: we just. That was a better analogy.
1: That's good. You know, one of the things too, and this is another podcast, but I'll just throw it out there. You know, when we get that opportunity for the Sunday morning platform, yes. okay, wow, the, the, our, our boss, our senior leaders entrusting that to mm-hmm. us. And we do have to use that well. We have to steward yes. it really well. We yes. we got to make sure it's excellent. It's professional. We're helping those students crafting their, you know, th- their, their testimonies and mm-hmm. what's appropriate, what isn't appropriate. You know, those kinds of things are important too. We've got to make sure it is excellent so that it does bring the most glory to God. Absolutely. Through that time. So, so yes, so
0: they, they honor you with
1: those moments. Yeah. Honor them back. Honor them back. I like that. It's a great principle. You know, one of the things too, that, uh, every church that I was a part of had this. We, you know, some churches call it the host account or they have some type of account where pastors can take congregants out to eat, you know, or or students to go get pizza or go get them a Coke after school or whatever. And I I just figured, you know, I've got to eat, they've got to eat, they're on a busy schedule. They might be a business person or whatever, but we can meet for lunch, right? Yeah. You know, at Chili's or McAllister's Sweet Tea or fill in the blank.
0: Ruth Christ.
1: <laughs> oh, is that not right?
0: No. That's too much. J-K-L-O-L. <laughs> yes.
1: Right? And then the joke. church would pay for it. And I never could figure out our host account was. Every church I was at was really large, and I was like the only pastor that used it. And this is all part about just building relationships with people in your church. Mm-hmm. And it, they don't, it'd be great if you're taking your adult leaders out, or your 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 you know your staff, or whatever that might be. But we're talking about just building relationships in the church in general, and that's one way you can do that.
0: So as we get to the last three, eight, right, eight nine, nine, and ten. 10. They're lumped together, and I'm going to give them to you right now, and then we're going to go back and, okay. and talk about them. But now, how do we communicate with people who are not part of the church? How do we communicate with eight community Ooh, leaders, yes. school principals, the mayor organizations, number nine, community youth organizations, okay. FCA, Youth for Christ, right. all the other ones,
1: all the other youth, pastors, youth ministries in town.
0: People that have a different name on the front in door of their church than you yeah. do. And then the last maybe one maybe a is, different
1: creed or different theology than, whoops. than what we have. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast.
0: And then what about the parents in the community?
1: Right. Because you're building trust with the parents in, in general in the community. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So when we so
1: dig into that. Go back to number eight then.
0: How do you connect with community leaders and organizations? Okay. And
1: And how do we do that? Like we go knock on their door, their office door. We send them an email. We call up their office. Like, how can we build relationships with community leaders?
0: Number one, I go to where they're at. Okay. In fact, I was a part Don't of this. Don't expect
1: them to come to us. We go right. to them. Okay.
0: You know, I, I, go to, I go to organizational meetings. It takes years. It takes time. Mm-hmm. But over time, I've been invited to pray for the National Day of Prayer, mm-hmm. where I'm not a senior pastor, but I've been invited by the leadership of the local community, because I know them, Right. the school principals. I would meet them at games mm-hmm. in in where, where they are in the normal flow of their day mm-hmm. and not taking up their time, but natural and informal opportunities to introduce yourself and to be a part of what they're doing. So instead of asking them to support what you're doing, go support what they're yes. doing. Yes. And there's so many things they're doing that's really good that are in the same vein of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and you, you mentioned this, and I think you're right. This takes time, and so we've got to look at the, the ministry that God has given us in this community at this church. We've got to think about long haul. And that's, that's another podcast as well. We've got to think about longevity because building these positive relationships does take time. I remember one community I've been there for a long time and built those relationships. And when the school, public school, and this is a school of, you know, 2,500, 3,000 students, when something would happen bad, okay, a teenager would die, commit suicide, Uh, There was some type of tragedy that happened that the school was involved in. The first phone call they made was to me. Not to a a counselor, counseling service, you know, not to, you know, different parents or leaders in the community. Their first phone call was to me. Eddie, can you get down here ASAP? Mm -hmm. We've had this happen. Yes. And I'd ask him, have you called, you know, these different like community leaders or churches or counseling services, not yet. We want to contact you first. That takes time.
0: That's a relationship. Yep.
1: It's a relationship. And that's, that's building trust. And same way with other parachurch
0: organizations or other mm. ministries in mm-hmm. town.
1: And, that, and We can't be jealous mm-hmm. of other ministries that are doing a great job, youth groups, parachurch organizations. How can we, how can we like support and partner with other youth groups and parachurch organizations. What does that look like?
0: I think number one, we do the same thing we talked about with leadership: is we go support their thing, mm-hmm. we go and and back them and events they're doing. So
1: go show up at Youth for Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Go, and, and go show up them. at an
1: FCA at a high school.
0: Into and the support, not, yeah. not, to, not not to not lead. to jump in, just to back them or other people's mm-hmm. events. In San Diego, I remember we, I took a bunch of students to a big outreach event at a church that was about. Eight ten miles away, and they were shocked. And it's like, man, we're just here to back you. Yeah, support you.
1: Yeah, we want more for you than from you. It was we're here to a, love you. Those are still and friends.
0: You. Yeah, still friendships. Now it's Great. all these years later.
1: It, it, and and you know what? Our carnal flesh nature. There's times when we do get jealous. Absolutely. And we are frustrated. Whether it's the, you know, a youth group down the road that has an unbelievable youth facility and we're struggling with ours, little closet, if you will, mm-hmm. we can get jealous or we can get jealous because of, you know, their talents and skills and we wish we had that. I mean, there's so many things and we have to put that aside and go, the church, capital C, is much bigger, much, much, it's got to be much better than just our local congregation or our little youth group.
0: Yeah. Those friendships and and relationships really do take time, but when they're established and you're hurting and when you can't share things with your local context, you need people that you can share with that can hold your confidence. I
1: I agree. You know, uh, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, they have uh, what's called a K life chapter and, be somewhat to youth for Christ, but it was connected with Canica Camps and the director of the K-Life chapter there in Bartlesville. I did exactly what you did. I was a new person in town. I was a new youth pastor and I tried to ask a bunch of questions. Who should I get to know? And they say, hey, you need to hang out with the K Life staff they've got this youth ministry that's going on in town and it, it's the best thing in the world. And I showed up at their K-Life meetings and they did back-to-back nights, junior high one night, high school the next night. It was like Monday and Tuesday nights. And I showed up and and their new director had just moved to Bartlesville the same week I had. And we became really, really close friends. And he and his family started coming to our church and we supported each other's events and it became a safe place for the two of us to share about ministry concerns and frustrations and joys and wins, and we would we would laugh together, we would mourn together, those kinds of things. We became accountability partners. And here's the crazy thing, Charlie. We just celebrated 31 years of being each other's accountability partner. We just celebrated 31 years of being each other's best friend, if you will. And that started from this principle you're talking about right here, right now.
0: Bro, you really are old. <laughs> Whatever. I
1: I, I I am old. We we went on vacation with them, you know, the four of us, he and his spouse, and me and Esther. And we went on vacation with them this summer to celebrate. <laughs> we celebrated thirty years, but it's been thirty-one because we couldn't over COVID. So <laughs>
0: I am really old. <laughs> thirty? What? <laughs> what? I, I I'm starting to count back. Thirty? It's like, what? Wow. Thirty-one years ago,
1: and that was my second ministry.
0: Whoa. All right, Doc. Well, I, I I know this, you know, I'm going to help you out with this one since you're a little bit older, but 9 and 10, 9 and 10 uh, are very similar again to 8 as we dig in those same okay. core principles, but we have to figure out how to connect with youth in the community and parents. And as we as we kind of land this plane, yeah, communicating with youth, connecting with the local youth that, that aren't mm-hmm. a part of your ministry, right? And And we're talking about you as the leader, not not your students. Mm-hmm. all right. let's make that clear. okay. We understand that your students are connecting with students, and we get that right. And we know that that's the 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 large portion of who will be con- connecting communicating, but you still have to have a relationship
1: mm-hmm.
0: So that's the big question
1: so going to school lunch, going to football games going to basketball games going to softball games going to band concerts going to musicals is this what we're talking about
0: yes it's really
1: again once again going to where they are not expecting them to come to us
0: so even at our age uh this this last weekend on a Friday night I was at a high school football game
1: <laughs> dude, right. dude you have aged well
0: and so uh as I'm in there this is something I just want to share with you know, our listeners, that it's not easy to insert yourself into mm-hmm. a group mm-hmm. where there's no established relationship. Mm-hmm. But what I try to practice is being with students that I know mm-hmm. and they invite me in yes. to the circle.
1: Yeah. And that's such a great principle, Charlie, mm-hmm. is that that we have the relationships with our students and they bring us into that external circle. That we don't have relationships with these other students, and that's such a great segue.
0: I have to practice that uh, yeah. in our in our football Bible study. Yes, every Thursday night football, yeah. I've got to you know Jameis or Levi or whoever
1: make the introductions. Yeah, if, you on the if, inner if, circle.
0: If, yeah, if I want to connect with somebody, and it's it, it's you know it, it's the same thing. They've got to they invite me into the conversation or. Or open that door. So it's not as if I'm just going in trying to kick the door down, mm-hmm. which generally doesn't end well.
1: Right, it doesn't. Because they're like, who who are you, bro? Like, what what are you doing? And yet, if we're invited into the inner circle mm-hmm. by someone they love and trust, it makes all the difference.
0: And make no mistake, they're watching. Yeah. These students are watching.
1: Yeah. One of the things I love that you just mentioned here too, that you're still applying this with our our football team, as you've kind of, you're kind of the chaplain, pastor, if you will, of our football team, and that you're still practicing these principles. And these principles that we're giving, I think are transferable, whatever your ministry context is. We may give examples and illustrations that might be towards students or towards another different context, but these principles are transferable. And man, it's amazing.
0: And it it is, it's like living it all over again, being that awkward person yeah. that's at a school lunch. There, there's times where you feel isolated. I I've talked to so many pastors who say that's the last place I want to be is is some high school, middle school lunch room, whatever the case may be. Because yeah. it is awkward. It is right, but it's just it's just that that proximity. Mm-hmm. It's just the the first step. It's it's gently opening the door. It's they're oh, watching how many conversations are I had watching. with students that, that I thought didn't want to have a conversation with me. They thought I didn't want to have a conversation with Mm. them.
1: And you know what we're, we're what we're thinking here, it's really playing on our insecurities. Yes. Walking into a room where we feel like there's a bunch of kids here and I don't know them, but Mm -hmm. then you do, you have some middle schoolers in that lunchroom. You've got some high school students in that lunchroom and you sit down and have lunch with them. And then they introduce you to their friends and, and then all of a sudden, you're, you've got conversations. You just extended your territory in which God has given you to minister to, in a very quick way.
0: So I, I know we've got to land the plane, but well, yeah. can I share this one more story? Okay.
1: Yes, please do.
0: So years and years and years later, right? I, I've, you know, I, I'm, how, how many years? I don't know. Not as many as yours. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm out of town. I, I've, I'm living in San Diego. I move back. To this area, I'm in Marion, Indiana. Okay. I was a youth pastor in Marion, yeah. you know, for six years before back, leaving. Back in the day, and uh, I take some college students, and we decide, hey, let's run over because it's Breadstick Tuesday.
1: Oh, Noble Romans.
0: Oh, uh, circle, circle Circle K. K but
1: they are serving Noble Romans. Yes, they're, their breadsticks are the best.
0: And so I'm over there, and you know, I got this group of students, and these. Uh, Two guys come in from the community. And there was an instant moment of like, you know, because they're imposing figures. Mm -hmm. They're big men. And they come around the corner and they stop and they go, Pastor Charlie. I did not recognize either one of them because they were freshmen in high school.
1: When you left. Yeah.
0: So it's been eight years. Wow. And uh, next thing you know, it's like, bro, you know, and they come in for the hug, mm. and I've got all Eight these years later. students kind of standing in the back. It's like, man, how they know him. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't a he's, part of: He's the new guy. How they know him. Yeah. They weren't a part of one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven. Yeah. They would come around once in a while. There was times I was at their games, yeah, and I would see other people that was there for. I'd yeah. make sure I'd fist bump them, yeah. There was tragedy in the community. They didn't have a church, and here it is—they're calling me pastor.
1: Phenomenal, and 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 what what I love too is, you still have an opportunity for influence in their lives because of that.
0: That happens. You have to be patient enough. You have to continue to stay in it. Don't quit. Yeah. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Don't don't get discouraged when things aren't happening so well for you. When it seems like they're just exploding for someone else. God's word does not return void.
1: Oh, back to podcast number one. Yep. Charlie, thank you for kind of uh, helping us understand these 10 principles of communication. It's really really helpful. And it's it's actually a good review for us. As we're mm-hmm. talking about these stories and as we are reviewing these principles, I'm, I'm just thinking my own life, my own work relationships, the ministry that God has given me, and I said I sit there and go yes I need to make sure I am practicing this and so thank you for giving us these great reminders on communication
0: hey pretty soon you can uh grab this book oh yes this is this is a part of a project I'm just finishing up and I've asked a bunch of pastors to jump in youth leaders on on things that are very practical we've been reading some of the notes from Amber Livermore actually, because she did a portion on understanding, communicating with, with people and the communication, not in the terms of preaching. We're talking about communication right. with,
1: right. with day-to-day interaction, day-to-day interaction. Yeah. So uh, you can pick up a lot of this. We'll talk about it in season yeah, two. We, we will. We will. In fact, is there right. a season two doc? We've got season two coming up. So season two is going to start September the 28th. That'll be season two of, the good days podcast with you got some charlie. cool things coming too we you. do it's going to be a, it's going to be amazing so once again charlie thank you so much and that would be a boom
0: and boom